softly with him I give so you can use me come on make that your prayer I give walk through the book of Luke, Luke 13, and have your seats momentarily. Luke 13, verse 31, grace and joy to you. You The Bible says, on that very day, some Pharisees came, saying to him, get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. And the third day I shall be perfected. But nevertheless, I must journey today tomorrow and the following for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem mm -hmm. oh Jerusalem Jerusalem yeah, yeah. 
the one that kills the prophets, the one that stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. And see, Jerusalem, your house is left desolate. And assuredly, I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you'll say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And all God's people said, amen Amen. and amen. amen. While you're taking your seats, I want to tag this message today. A savior with a no fear ministry. A savior with a no fear ministry. Beloved, one of the greatest misunderstandings in the world today is that of the mentality of Jesus the Christ. You see, many people believe that he was, or because he was a pacifist on earth, that Jesus was what you might call is a pushover. Or they believe that because he allowed men to crucify him, that he was fearful of what man could do to him. But I've come to argue today That was not the mentality of our Messiah. No, he was very much in control, in charge, Uh in command, and very much God through all of his many confrontations. In fact, Jesus in today's text, he demonstrates that he knows who he is and he knows what he's been called to do. And he knows that man is never in control of God's agenda on the earth. In fact, today's text will give the believer confidence mm -hmm, to know that God has a timing that's set for the calamity that will come into all of our lives. God has a timing set and he knows that nothing will occur, Mm -hmm. nothing can occur, or nothing shall occur Uh without the hand of God being instrumental in your lives. I believe an amen goes right there. In fact, today I call this sermon a savior with a no fear ministry because we can learn that as his disciples, that we too should adopt the same mentality while we are living for God in a fallen world. So New Beginnings, let's learn today what it means to walk in wisdom. Let us learn today what it means to serve without fear. And let's learn today what it means to love with passion in the midst of opposition being all around you. In fact, we can learn today how we too can have 
a no fear mind of Christ as we do ministry in a broken world. There are three things I'd like to lay on your plate for you today, and I hope you eat all your vegetables. Today I'm going to talk about the master's message, the master's mandate, and the master's mentality. Can I give them to you again, Mark Caldwell? The master's message, the master's mandate, and the master's mentality. Verse 31, the text says, it was on that very same day that the Pharisees, somebody holler the haters, they came to him saying, get out and depart from here because Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus said to them, you go tell that fox, behold, I'm casting out demons. And I'm performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I'm going to be perfected. Can I unpack this for you? Beloved, when you arrive at these first two portions of the text, the first things we see is that some of the Pharisees, the haters, they come to give Jesus a warning. The warning is that Herod, the Roman tetrarch, has a message that he wants to get to Jesus. And the message is, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to kill you. You see, Herod was an evil ruler who served over the region of Galilee under the Roman emperor. He hated the Jewish people. And he wanted to be the only one that exercised power and authority over them. So when he saw Jesus and his ability to do miracles, to cast out devils, he despised him because he had a power that Herod didn't have. I feel like preaching today. Y'all in here? Now, now look, Herod heard of the fame and popularity of Jesus, and so he was jealous of the Christ Zuluga, and he had to try and figure out how to stop his ministry. And so the Pharisees, they came not as a friend to Jesus, but as an enemy to cause strife on behalf of another enemy. In other words, this was one enemy. Warning Jesus about another enemy. And they brought this news to try to cause him to fear. To quit doing what the father had called him to earth to do. Can I give you some application? I believe, beloved, we can learn something right here from those who oppose the work of Christ in the earth. I believe we can learn that the world. They operate just like the Pharisees. The world constantly tries to cause strife and fear to rise up in the hearts of the church. The world wants the church to stop doing the work of God in the earth. Can I get a witness right there? And I found out in this passage that the world will use the same strategy 
that the Pharisees used to get you to quit living for God and helping people who need God. Let me say it this way, but Manny, the world will try to make us fearful by telling us it's our other enemies that want to kill our witness. It's our other enemies that don't want you to do what God has called you to do. So, beloved, we should never be surprised when our enemies misbehave and come to give you a message from another misbehaving enemy. I think I just said something right there. There's a lot we can learn from an enemy, here it is, who's willing to snitch on another enemy. Can I say some more? The master shows you and I how to handle gossip. And he shows us how to handle bad news from bad news messengers. Here it is. Jesus said, go tell that fox. (laughs) He didn't cuss either. Come on, talk to me. I'm going to break down the description of a fox in a minute. But go tell that fox that I said the following things. Behold, somebody holler, behold. I'm casting out demons. Behold, I'm performing cures. (laughs) Today and tomorrow and the third day. Y'all got to read that with attitude. Are you with me here? That's a savior right there with no fear. Somebody holler, no fear. In other words, Jesus is saying, tell Herod, I got work to do. I got other devils to deal with. I got some other miracles that need to be done. And I got work to do today, tomorrow, and the next day. In other words, Herod, I'm busy. I'm too busy to deal with a fox like you. Can I break it down? I'm too busy to deal with your craftiness. I'm too busy to deal with your deceitful behavior. I'm too busy to deal with your animalistic mentality. I'm on a mission from God. Sit down, Fox. Tell that Fox, yeah, what he's up to. I know exactly what he's thinking. But I'm not going to let his deceitful behavior stop me from completing God's agenda. Can I turn the light on right here? Every believer, brother Johnny, can take their cues from the master when it comes to dealing with the foxes of this world. And I ain't talking about fine foxes either. I'm talking about crafty people that try to bring you down. Deceitful people that try to tear you down. Come on in here. Sneaky people that got an anti-God agenda. Well, how do you deal with them? Number one, Don't be distracted by the word games that people play. Don't don't come off the mission because somebody has threatened you or blocked you from their page. I just dropped something right there. Don't lose your focus on who the real enemy is. Don't lose the vision of helping those who are suffering all around you. Can I call roll? Don't trust a message from somebody who don't like you. There may be some truth in the report, but the motive is the reason why they gave it to you. Don't believe that enemies become friends when it's convenient for them. Can I say some more? 
I just might preach today. Don't stop doing what the Lord told you to do until the Lord tells you to stop himself. Here it is. If they tried to hurt you before, they're going to try to hurt you again. If they tried to trap you before, they're going to try to what? If they tried to shut you down before, they're going to do what? Try to shut you I'm talking about foxes in here. Anybody got some foxes out there? Sending you some bad news? Trying to get you discouraged? Somebody holler, no fear. Jesus said, I must continue to work today, tomorrow, and the third day. Y'all catch that? He said, be perfected. Now, I know, I know the theologians in here, y'all ran to the empty tomb, said, oh, I see the connection, but that's not it. He said, on the third day, I'm going to be perfected. In other words, in other words, he, he said, my work is not complete here. I got a three-day mission, Herod, in your area. And it won't be complete until I've healed the last person. Y'all in here? I've cast out the last devil. So I will not quit until my work is perfected. It's complete. And I think that's a good point to rest on right there. See, somebody here today needs to know that you ought not stop your work on earth until it's perfected. Y'all in here? Don't stop witnessing to your children until the time is done. Don't stop witnessing to your spouse until the time is done. Don't stop witnessing on the job until the time is done. Don't stop serving the least of these until the time is done. Don't quit on God. Yeah, don't quit on God's work until the time is done. Can I holler? Ain't no retirement in the kingdom. Are you with me? You retire from Pep Boys. You retire from Costco. You don't retire in the kingdom. Somebody's out of no retirement. Work today, tomorrow, and right up until the moment when the Lord calls you in. We've looked at the master's message. Let's look now at the master's mandate. If you're in here, somebody say, go ahead, Reverend. Verse 33, Jesus said, nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the following day. For it cannot be, Herod, that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. When you come to this second portion of the text, you and I begin to see as Bible readers, Jesus introduced his enemies to his ministry mandate for living on earth. His mandate for that assignment was to travel for three days. Watch this now. Into a place where trouble was awaiting him. I'm talking for to somebody today who's trying to avoid that difficult place. Jesus, according to his mandate, was to be in a location 
where all of the prophets were mistreated by their enemies. It was called Jerusalem. The master's ministry, here it is, Reverend McBee, was to go to a place where multiple ministries had ended. He, 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 he becomes for us, Nichols, a no-fear savior who is aware of difficulty, danger, and deliberate devilish determinations to take his life. He's aware yet, Mother Ross, he ain't afraid. <laughs> he's not deterred. Mm -mm. And he's definitely not diminished from his mandate. Brother Mel, Jesus is determined, decisive, dedicated, and focused on completing the work that the Father had given him to do. Amen. And what the verse is trying to teach you and I is that Jesus knew full well what had happened in the past with other prophets who went preaching into Jerusalem. He knew the outcome. He was aware that many of their ministries ended in the place where he was headed. He was aware that people tried to stop God's agenda or stop it completely. He was aware that the prophets went there to do what God had called them to do, but failed and quit on God. He was aware that others gave it everything they had, but came up short. Yet he's on track. And yet he's on time. And yet he's on point. And yet He's on mandate. He's got to do what God has sent him there, Lady Wilson, to do because he has no fear. Somebody holler, no fear. Jesus confesses to the Pharisees, I'm not worried about Herod killing me in Galilee because no prophet ever died in Galilee. <laughs> Y'all in here? God's prophets have only been prosecuted, imprisoned, killed, shut down, isolated, segregated, subjugated, and interrogated in Jerusalem. I'm worried about him killing me here. I can't die here. I got to die where the rest of them die. Y'all catch it right there? In other words, when he says that, let me be, he's revealing and fulfilling the prophetic order for his ministry when he makes that statement. It's an indication that he's on his way to the cross. Right. See, according to the Bible, the prophetic announcement of the Messiah had to be made. He has to die in Jerusalem. So he's not worried about Herod's false promise to kill him in Galilee. When you say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked. See, the believers should understand that God is the only one who knows where and how your ministry shall end. <laughs> the believers should know that only God can bring your ministry to an end. Y'all catch it right there? When we know that our work has a start date and an end date, then we can serve him with no fear. We can work with assurance. Listen, listen, I want to talk to the one who got tired. It's okay. Sit on the sideline, take a breath, get you some water, but lace them back up. Are you in here? Because where there's life, there's ministry. 
We can work with greater understanding that the Lord knows all. He sees all. And we can work knowing that others who've come before us, yes, they also had a beginning and an ending. Jesus is teaching you and I that the ministry mandates are given to the believer so that we cannot be deterred by distractions that come to us from our earthly enemies. I'm off my script now, but as I reflect on the global pandemic, one of the blessings was the ministry of isolation. I know we had to adjust, but come on, y'all, tell the truth. Didn't it feel good being at home for a minute? He was like, I think I can work like this for real, Robert. You mean I ain't got to get dressed up? I can be in my queen or my king watching Reverend on YouTube? Y'all, come on, talk to me. Come on, come on, stay, tell the truth. Now, tell your neighbor, now lace them up. Pandemic's been released. Lace them up. It's time. Get back in. Danger's out there, but it's time. Danger's out there, but God's got me. He knows where my ministries go in. The pandemic won't stop my ministry. He gave me a press. Here it is. He let me say lie. Now it's time. Can I say some more? And when I come to this point, it's teaching me that, that the believer are not be deterred when distractions come to us. Yes, from outward enemies like Herod. I want to encourage somebody here today who's gotten distracted by the whispers of an enemy. I want to encourage somebody today who's gotten distracted because the folks you want to love don't love you back. I want to help somebody today who's feeling like, why, Pastor? Why deal with these people? They ain't ever going to change. You can't quit. Then I want to challenge you to go back and find out what is your ministry mandate. What did God tell you to do? Go back and revisit that, vis- that, that, that visitation he gave you. Go back and find out where you're supposed to be. Go back and find out what the Lord said about you being a mama, about you being a daddy, about you being a son or a daughter or an uncle or a grandpa. What did the Lord say about that ministry? Go back and pick it up and don't be distracted. And then, beloved, do what the Lord said for you to do. And know this, your time won't end until the Lord has declared that it's in. Can I pull a thought from Jeremiah? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So stay the course and finish strong. I need you to turn around and point to three people at least tell them finish strong. Finish strong. Finish strong. We've looked at the master's message. We've looked at the master's mandate. Let's look now at the master's mentality. Look at what he says in verse 34 and I'm coming down. He says, oh, Jerusalem. Huh? Oh, Jerusalem. The one that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather your children together as a hen 
gathers her brood, her little chicks, mm -hmm. under her wings. Yeah. But you were not willing. Mm -hmm. And see, Jerusalem, your house now yeah. is left to you desolate. Yeah. And assuredly, Jerusalem, I say to you, you shall not see me yeah. until the time comes when you will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Beloved, when we come to this section of the story, you and I get to see what I call is the ministry mentality of Jesus. When it comes to city theology, somebody say that with me. City theology. One more time. City theology. The word theology means the, the study of God. We see the mentality of Jesus when it comes to what God believes about the city. Y'all in here? He calls out Jerusalem twice. Now, why is this important? Because we get to know what God thinks about the attitude of the city in Jerusalem or the city called Jerusalem. Y'all in here with me? Let me say it like this. Jesus in his message is talking to the Pharisees who come from Jerusalem and he's also issuing a prophetic cry of sadness. It's mourning for a city that he loves. Shoot, you could almost say Fresno. Yeah. Oh, Fresno. Yeah. How I often want it yeah. to gather you as a mother here. Oh, Would gather her chicks. Are y'all in here now? Yeah. Now, the reason why he says this, because everybody at that time recognized Jerusalem as the capital, Jasmine, of Jewish life. Jesus here acknowledges for you and I what's wrong with the holy city. He calls it out twice. And then he describes, watch this now, Nichols, what she was known for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, instead, Sister Wilson, of being a place where God heals or a place where God saves or a place where God helps everybody who runs to her for salvation, Jerusalem became known for a place that kills the men of God. I'm preaching, y'all. I'm trying my best. Can I say some more? Look, in fact, Jesus said they were known for a particular brand of murder. Stoning the prophets. Uh, they were not known for stirring the prophets, serving the prophets, stimulating the prophets. They're known for stoning the prophets. Secondly, in his declaration, he declares he wanted to really treat them like a mother hen treats her chickens. When danger comes to harm them, the mother chicken always throws her wings around the babies. 
to protect them, Amen. to provide for them, Amen. to cover them. And Jesus has said, this is what I want to do to y'all. I want to protect you, to provide you, to cover you, to hold you in my wings. And then he says these words, these six words, but you will not let me. He wanted to. God wanted you, Lady Green. But they wouldn't let him. Know anybody like that? God want to protect him. God want to provide for him. God want to save him. God want to promote him. But it ain't that he can't. They won't. Let him do it. You know what I found out right through here? I'm off my script right here. But I found out that's, that's, that's one thing God won't do. He won't make you serve him. Y'all in here? Yeah. I know. I know. We say God is all powerful. Ain't nothing God can't do, and, and can't. Well, there's one thing He won't do. Come on. Open that up. He won't override your will. Y'all in here now? He said, Jerusalem, I want you. I promise you, I want to protect you. I want to provide. I want to cover you. I want to take you in my arms, but you won't let me. And as a result, Jerusalem, of your rejection of me, here it is. He says. You now don't have nobody right. to protect you. Jerusalem, as a result of your rejection of me, you don't have nobody that'll cover you. As a result of your rejection of me, you don't have nobody that will provide for you. As a result of you rejecting me, you are left as a brood of babies without a mother. His protection. Oh, Jerusalem! Because you rejected me. Because you rejected me. You're not going to see me, he said, until the time comes when you have to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This text is loaded, Reverend Tom. Can Can I take some ABI privileges right here? He says, because you rejected me, you won't see me until the prophets you killed, their words come back to you. See, it was Zechariah 99 that said, Behold, your king will come riding on the back of a donkey. And when he comes, you're going to cry out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, Jerusalem, you could have received me earlier. But because you rejected me, you're going to have to wait now until the prophet's word comes back to you who you assassinated. Jerusalem, you could have received me today, yesterday, or the day before. But because you reject the prophets, because you wanted nothing to do with the prophets, because you know better than the prophets, yeah. prophecy's got to be revealed to you. Yeah. I'm closing now. Thank you for listening to my feeble arguments. But today, because of prophecy, Jesus had to tell him, you won't receive me today. Yeah. But one day, one day. you're going to cry out. 
uh, you won't receive me today. But one day you're going to wave palm branches. You won't receive me today. But one day you're going to recognize who I am. Does that sound familiar? Kind of sound like Apostle Paul when he says, every knee one day going to bow. And every tongue going to confess. Isn't that right? In other words, in other words, I'm through. I'm coming down, Brother Roy. But the same lips that cry uh, for life in this passage, Jesus said, yo, one day cry for death. That Sunday, they cried out, Hosanna. Save now, save now. But that Friday, they cried out, crucify him. Don't tell me your mouth won't say two things at one time. Can I say some more? But what I like about this text is in spite of Jesus knowing their mindset, his mentality has no fear. In spite of what was going to happen to him, he had no fear of Herod, no fear of the Pharisees, no fear of the Roman soldiers, no fear of the angry crowds, no fear of Satan and his strategy. He had a no fear ministry all the way to the cross. Can I tell you some good news? On the way to Golgotha, he had no fear. They whipped him with 49 stripes, 39 stripes, and he had no fear. When he gave up his life, he died with no fear. He was hanging between two thieves, but my Savior had no fear. With nails in his hands, he had no fear. With nails in his feet, he had no fear. With a thorn pressed in his brow, he had no fear. While they cursed him to his face, he had no fear. And in his ministry of salvation, he died with no fear. Didn't he die in New Beginnings? He died until the earth rocked him really like a drunken man. He died with love on his mind. Because love conquers a multitude of sin. He died that I might be born again. They took the body down, put it in a borrow tomb. And early, I said early, early, Sunday morning, with all power of heaven and earth in his hand, he got up, didn't he? With no fear. You say, what do you mean? He walked on earth. Some 30 odd days with no fear, yeah. revealing to him disciples that he had power over death, yeah. hell, and the grave. Yeah. Dead man walking around yeah. alive yeah. with no fear. Same Jesus yeah. called his soldiers yeah. to now live for him on the earth. Yeah. And on that hillside in Galilee, gave him instructions yeah. yeah. going all the world, yeah. make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And I'll be with you to the end of the world. That's a no fear ministry. Well, I'm through preaching here. I was closing my sermon nickels and I'm always thinking about how can I land the plane? I heard the Holy Spirit just kind of whisper to me, son, tell new beginnings. I need them to be no fear soldiers. Huh? No fear soldiers in the army of the Lord. And I sat back in my chair and I could hear my mama, who's in glory now. We are soldiers 
in the army. We have to fight, although we have to die. We have to hold up the bloodstained banner. We have to hold it up until we die. Oh, we are soldiers in the army. We have to fight, although we have to die. We have to hold up the blessing banner. We have to hold it up until we die. My mother, she was a soldier. She had her hands on the gospel plow. She got old, she couldn't fight anymore. She'll say, I'll fight on and stand anyhow. Oh, we are soldiers in the army. We have to fight, although we have to die. We got to hold. soldiers in the ministry that God has given to us. What an example to look at the life of Christ and see how he lived on earth and how he himself dealt with those who opposed his ministry. 